Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that your week has or is going absolutely amazing. It is National Donut Day. So all my donut lovers, regardless if you like them plain, glazed, all the flavors, stuffed, filled, whatever it it may be, today is your day. It is National Donut Day. It is also National Chocolate Macaroon as well as National Repeat Day. I actually never have heard of National Repeat Day and I pretty much know a lot about the national holidays. Never, never, never heard of National Repeat Day. So repeat yourself more than once. So now that we have officially gotten past Memorial Day, which means that we are in the unofficial start of summer. How has your week gone? Listen, this week has been kind of offsetting and I kind of feel like it always is when you start like Memorial Day, it gets that short week started. And as much as we like get super excited, like, oh, we have a short week, it also throws off the week. So if you felt thrown off this week, trust me, you are not alone. Join the club. My kids didn't even go back to school until Wednesday. So just add an extra day to that and just say, yes, this has been one of those weeks that of course flew by fast because it's a short week. But in addition to that, it caused everything to be off. So if you were in that same boat as I am, welcome. I have had the most amazing week in this most weirdest way. And I could not be even more happier than that. Um, I took a great staycation this week and it was in Long Beach, New Jersey. So if you're anyone that's listening that if you're close to Long Beach, New Jersey or you have ever visited Long Beach, New Jersey, it's almost close as like going to New York, but it's an amazing time. Now, I didn't realize, you know how if you do something, you just kind of go with the flow. You really don't realize until you get to where you're going, certain memories will pop up. I realized as I was journeying on my way there, because it's about an hour and a half. Yeah, about an hour and a half from where I live. And while I was driving, I realized when I first moved to Philadelphia, this was 11 years ago. I, you know, I love going to the beach. My husband is not a beach person. So if there's like the sign up for the beach, okay, let's go to the beach. Let's decide if we want to venture off to the beach. His vote is going to be a no. Like he'll go if, you know, if, you know, we talk about it and keep pushing and stuff like that, but it's not his go-to. And I've come to the realization as I've gotten more mature in myself, in my marriage, that, you know, everybody doesn't have to like the same things, right? And when I first moved to Philadelphia, we weren't even married yet. We were just engaged Yeah, we were just engaged, about to be married. And since we're celebrating our 10th this year, but Long Beach, New Jersey, and that particular beach was the first time that I actually went to like kind of like a little mini day trip on my own. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a big, you know, significant thing because I'm a big adventurer. Like I'll get in the car, I can drive for hours. It doesn't bother me. However, dealing with postpartum depression, I struggled to like get back to myself, like get back to what I love to do those things and be spontaneous. And so, you know, something as small as going to the beach for the day, driving an hour and a half to this beach, it sounds really insignificant, but when you're in the middle of whatever mental health you got going on and you finally get back to doing some small or even big things that you love or you used to just do without hesitation, it's a major ordeal. So as I was driving there, I realized that, oh my gosh, this was the first place that I went to sort of right after like dealing with postpartum and having that ability to like 
not feel like my husband needed to go, finally just getting in the car and going to something that I wanted to do, and then leaving my children home with my with their dad, obviously, and not feeling that, you know, initially feeling that mom guilt, but then like indulging and allowing myself to sit in and just like enjoy myself at this beach day. And, you know, that was amazing. And I'm talking about just, you know, from those 10 years ago or 10, 11 years ago when I did that. And um, looking back at that as I was driving up there this time, which was a whole totally different situation, you know, going up there for post, you know, after dealing with postpartum in my therapist was trying to encourage me to step out and do things that I love. My husband was encouraging me to do the things that I love, but sometimes it takes that step. Like you're struggling just to do something as basic as go to the beach right? Just to get up and have all your stuff and pack it all up and then just go instead of trying to convince yourself, talk yourself out of something. It was just one of those moments. And as I was driving this particular time, I remembered that almost, I think I remembered it almost when I got to the beach, like as I was getting closer and I was like, wait a minute, this looks so familiar. And that's what I remembered. So if there's somebody who's listening to this, who, you know, you love these certain activities you know, it could be anything. It could be traveling. It could be, you know, going to a certain movie or going to shows or whatever your preferences are. And one of the first things to happen when you're going through a mental health, you know, crisis or a mental health trigger is that you don't have that same excitement for just the normal things that you would normally do. I could normally get up and go to the beach, leave these kids with their father, jump in that car and go without hesitation. That's when your mindset is healthy. When you can see clearly, when you can hear clearly, those things become normal. The time that you start to recognize that you're out of the way and out of place and out of order in your life and your mental health and your emotions is when you don't have the energy to do those normal things. You know, people make it seem as if you know, sometimes with mental health that it's this big old production and sometimes it's a buildup. It's a buildup of smaller items that you just kind of ignore because you're just kind of like going through life. You don't pay attention to the fact that you've lost interest in something. You're not cognate of the fact that, oh, you know, I'm not fully aware. I'm not engaging. Like not engaging is, is huge. And by the time you realize that you're not engaging, you're fully into it. You're sometimes you could be so far deep in that you don't even pay attention. And that's how I was experiencing my life back about 10, 11 years ago, I was in the midst of a total mental breakdown. And thank God that I had a friend that was just like suggestive of maybe you should go to therapy. You should go talk to someone. And I realized that therapy isn't the thing for everybody. Some people just don't have it in them to sit there and talk to, you know, someone else about their problems. But I always will say, I'm going to always encourage that even if your life is good, like don't think that you have to wait until your life becomes bad or things get bad to the point where you're like, oh, I might now need to see someone. Like have somebody as far as mental health, you need to have that a person that you can call no matter what. And I honestly feel that it should be just as important as having a family doctor, just as important as going to see the OBGYN. Like it should be a part of your your health Rolodex. You really should have somebody there that you can call. And again, for me, when I was in my lowest moment and then trying to like crawl myself out, please don't think that I, you know, was having mental health issues and then I went to the beach and life got great. Like that's not how it was. I was in therapy for a while and the therapist kept encouraging me to go do these certain things. And I would go sometimes, not to necessarily to the beach, but I would do little things and then you would have a setback and then you would do something else and then you would have a setback. And it's in those setbacks sometimes, especially when your mind isn't clear, when you're not able to see clearly, think clearly, you know, it's in those moments that sometimes you feel like, you know, I I can't get up and do that or I, I don't want to, or I'm okay. You make all these different excuses. And me going to that beach day, I I think I, matter of fact, I don't even have to think, I know I wrote a blog about it. And it was just one of those moments that just redefined for me, like, you know, I'm getting better. If you're on TikTok and you ever hear the TikTok that's like, it says, oh, I'm getting my personality back. That is what it feels like. You lose a sense of who you are. You lose a sense of your personality because the struggle is absolutely real. I say all of that and it's, not a tangent, it's very necessary because again, we 
compute that when you're in a mental health issue that it's this long drawn out sadness overtaking but it's sometimes just not recognizing yourself but i say all of that because i was invited hosted by a restaurant and hotel and company called daddy o and fearless restaurants they're like a combination together and to be hosted right to be asked to, uh, to go and have a staycation provided completely by them i mean i tried everything i could to give a tip they wouldn't take it i mean it it was a lot right but they treated me there was a couple of other bloggers and influencers that were there but we all had our own space our own room our own all the things but they treated us with like absolute royalty when you checked into the hotel i mean it was an amazing time i got there they wanted us to make sure that we were checked in and all the things and we settled by 6 30. i got there at 2 30 almost three o'clock and i'm gonna tell you right now i took the most amazing nap before we had our uh, cocktail class i needed that nap that two and a half three hour nap was everything i could have wanted in that moment i needed that time and so i finally was able to get up and get dressed and just enjoy my entire time um and again spent some time a couple of hours on the beach as well just getting my thoughts together like walking on that beach enjoying myself getting into the groove just living in this in that moment was everything and you know if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you know staycations are necessary and I, I mean you can take a staycation with your loved one you can take one with your family but i encourage everybody to schedule one or two if not at least for a year of staycations by yourself and the reason why i say four like if you can get one in every season you will be grand because it's that renewal of going on a staycation by yourself enjoying the foods that you enjoy without having to compensate for somebody else's meal what they may want you know their desires and when you're on a staycation you get to make the rules as far as what it is that you want you can go on a staycation and get in that hotel or that airbnb or whatever that bed and breakfast and you can decide listen i'm about team sleep right and so i'm going to get all of the rest and i'm going to you know have my breakfast served to me or my dinner or whatever meal you're having served to you like that could be your staycation goal you could also have the type of person that goes on staycation and then just goes out and like is a tourist in your own city but whatever it is i'm always encouraging you to just get back to self and staycations help in that regard they help you to get back to self they help to regulate your thought process it helps to give you some center and gives you some peace and peace and quiet is priceless let me tell you just getting in the shower and not having a time limitation because you have a family or again sleeping you know in for that quick nap but then the next morning like we got we did a bunch of other things and then by the time i went to sleep that night and woke up the next morning i felt so incredibly incredibly refreshed like the most refreshing i've had in a long time the most centered of refreshing so yeah had a great time so that was my week you know after experiencing the you know the craziness of the kids going back to school and then you know life and you know the business my husband just all the things that we have on our plate that staycation just could not have come at a better time and i had the absolute best time and you already know i'm going to blog it so look for that blog either this weekend or early next uh next week but yeah i you know daddy-o the restaurant as well as the hotel literally took care of us in the most amazing way again it was like the red carpet was rolled out so if you're ever in the long beach area prior to you reading the blog trust and believe you need to get there it's a smaller hotel um chain but it's you know homey and all of the things and so i definitely would encourage anyone that's thinking about taking that staycation and specifically going to daddy oh you should consider it if you're in the area of long beach it's it's amazing our hearts are still torn for the families in Texas and these beautiful babies that have lost their lives, um, the uh, teachers that did everything that they could to protect their students in this tragedy. And the tragedy is so deep, so dark, so layered. You know, as a parent, it's just overwhelming sometimes when I see the stories. I still encourage you to support the 
the families if you can financially. There's been a lot of GoFundMes and thankfully I didn't see or I haven't heard, I'll say this, I haven't seen or heard anybody trying to duplicate or, you know, do uh, these, um, these, I want to say prank GoFundMes, but I would say these defamatory ones where they're not really by the family. It's somebody trying to pretend as if they're, you know, one of the people from the tragedy. If they are out there again, I'm going to say I have not seen them. I have not heard of any of them coming up. So the love and support that people have been pouring out for all of the people affected in the Texas um, massacre, as we should call it, because that's exactly what it was. Um, we will never know why the shooter did what he did. We will never know. The excuse that his mother gave when she said, he, I know he has his reasons, that is something that you say when you know, your, your son breaks up with his girlfriend and everybody's just kind of left confused and you say, oh, I'm sure he has his reasons because that means you're saying, you know, I don't know why, but you know, whatever his agree, whatever his reasons are, I stand with him. That is the type of comment that you say to that, right? Um, you don't say, I know he has his reasons when your son goes into a school and shoots and kills innocent babies and children's right. You or children. You don't, that is not the type of excuse that you say for that. So, you know, listen, moms, we have a hard job that we have to support our child and our children, you know, as much as possible, give them that unconditional love. And in this, I can understand her love for her son, right? I can understand her love for her son as a mother, period, not to justify anything that he's doing, but I could not imagine making some statement of, I know he had his reasons because that I can love my son, right? I can love my son and hate or despise the, the, the terror that he committed, right? Loving my child unconditionally, because as a mother, it's not necessarily just my job. It's just what I was you know, born to do. Like once you have a child, that's your gift. That's the gift from God. That is your child. So I can love my child, but I'm not going to make a statement like that to stand behind what he did. And I felt like that comment was just a little bit too gruesome for me to say as a parent. And I had to put myself in the mindset of, again, we don't know what we would do or say, but you know, I would have to put myself in the mindset of like the fact that, you know, I have my only son, I have two daughters and my son and I love my son with everything. I love all of my children with everything. But I wouldn't make a def no type of comment like that, especially on something that's so widespread. You know, this is a national, international story. This is not even just national. This is an international story about something as detrimental as this. I wouldn't even have made a comment if I couldn't have found a way to be honorable of the people who have lost their lives. You know what I'm saying? So that that was hard to hear as a mom. I was really taken back by that. Um, unfortunately I've been reading, I believe some of the children, um, are being laid to rest or rest this week or have been laid to rest this week. And I can't even begin to imagine, I can't even begin to imagine the strength that it is taking for them to physically show up and go through this process and to bury their child. No parent wants to bury their children. We all as parents want to go before our children. We want to go at a time when we have given them all that we've could as far as teaching them the things that they need in life, giving them everything that we can possibly give and having ourselves live long lives so we can spend time and see them grow into beautiful humans and adults and living a great lives. That is what a parent's goal is when they have their child. Nobody thinks about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if I have to bury them? And to think about that, or even if you're, and it doesn't even matter if you're a parent or not, even if you're not just thinking about somebody having to bury a child. I personally get very much um, sick, um, at physically sick at funerals because it's the, the, the presence of knowing that there's a body in the casket. It, it, that is, a, I am actually pretty much afraid. And so I very much walk very circumspectly about whose funerals I attend. I won't go to everybody's funeral. I have to truly have some type of, you know, strong relationships to build myself up to go or have had friends who've had, you know, highly, you know, significant people in their lives that passed and supporting my friend, you know, has trumped my fear. But 
I can't imagine, like I probably would be sick to, I would have, have to be heavily medicated if my child, if I had to bury my child. So I pray that, you know, as parents, we don't have to go through that. And it's the fact that they just, they died doing nothing but attending school. It's just a horrible thought process to think of. So for all of us that are here and we're watching this and we're watching this continuously unfold and we're hearing more and more stories. I believe I heard this week that the believe that the shooter even killed his doctor because he had recently had some sort of surgery. He was in pain and he killed and murdered his doctor. And I'm like, this young man was on a spree. This makes absolutely no sense to me. And again, we will never know. We will never know, nor will we ever understand why this had to happen, but it's heartbreaking. One of the things that I've been doing with this story is if it's a print story, meaning something that I can read, I make an, that decision on whether or not I will read the story. However, when it comes to video, I have been very much strict on me not watching video of any of the things that have taken place. It's very rare that I've seen any video of like the aftermath. Um, I've been trying to limit that as well. And that's just for my own personal self-care. That's for my own mental health. I, I don't feel like I don't want to take in that imagery and have that in my thought process. And that's why I feel bad for the parents because they can never get this moment. They can't get any of this tragedy out of their mind. Like they, they can't. And so I don't know what they may need for their self-care or what they may need for their mental health, but I hope that there is someone around them that is checking in on them, that is making sure that they have their basic needs as well as their mental health. Because again, as a parent, as a human, I would be in the most distraught of way having to go through this and then having to bury a child. So if you are, and it, this is not just for the, the Texas tragedy, this is for anything. You have to limit the amount of intake that you take in when it comes to social media, when it comes to television, radio, anything that you're consuming things. We're always consuming, right? We're consuming food, we're consuming imagery, we're consuming sounds and music, like anything that you're consuming, you must limit. You have to figure out what your limitations are and what it, where you need to put stops in places, but trust and believe there is a limitation that needs to take place because without it, it's just not, it's not okay. You will get over, you know, we get overstimulated. We talk about when children become overstimulated, but as adults, we can be overstimulated too when it comes to social media, TV, and all these different things. So just caution yourself to move in a way that's going to honor your own mental health and self-care. And don't do it just because it's like a thing like, okay, I'm going to do it for this tragedy. Unfortunately, we're going to live in a world where tragedy is commonplace. And it's sad that sometimes I feel like some people are desensitized to other people. We sense, sometimes sense to lose our compassion for other people because sometimes things become so mundane that we just forget to tap into humanity. So please do yourself a justice by making sure that you are very clear on what you're taking in and how often you're taking it in and putting stops, breaks, and whatever it is that you need to put into place so that you're not over-consumed with that. And with anything, not whether it's good or bad, don't over-consume. And so this week has been crazy. Um, and so this is going to sound like this is like the parent episode, but it's not. There's just certain things that as a parent, people should not be doing. And this week's people should not be doing. A 10-year-old girl, unfortunately, took a life of a woman, a neighbor, because her mother passed her a gun and then the little girl shot this neighbor. I have no idea the level of whatever arguments or whatever drama that may have taken place. Listen, you could probably, you could live with the neighbors from hell. Personally, my neighbor, especially the one that's to the right of me, is the most amazing neighbor I have ever had. She treats my children like she's a grandparent. She treats me like she's a surrogate mom. So I don't have these horrible neighbor stories. But I know one thing as a parent I'm not about to do is to give my daughter a gun in any form. Like, I'm not going to slide my child a gun, whether it's giving it to her in a bag and then hoping she goes in the house. Like, I wouldn't want my child to handle any type of anything. And so the fact that this child, 
unfortunately killed the neighbor again because the parent gave her a gun is really disturbing disturbing to me like the visuals the visual it wasn't like a video because again i try not to consume a much of video but it was like a clip or a picture of this 10 year old holding this gun and i'm thinking to myself this has got to be the most craziest thing to see like i would not have this happen i would not like you know how some people say you don't know what you would do but i would not i mean the only way i can justify that is if i am somehow maimed i've already been in, you know somebody has broken into my home i'm maimed and i can't move and my daughter went for the gun to shoot the perpetrator but even in that my heart would be dropped because you know once you put a gun into anybody's hand that risk is meaning that that child or could be shot and killed as well so can't even see it then end of day this mother you know, we, we people always say, don't judge somebody. You can't judge because you weren't there. I don't have to be there, whether I was there via balloon or if I was there in the spirit or if I was there just in thought. No one has to be there to know better to say that you don't give a child a gun. Do you know how many children in, just in the city of Philadelphia that has passed away literally have, have left their lives taken because their parents left a gun in a home completely unlocked? And that child has gotten hold of a gun and has shot their sibling or shot themselves. And this is a problem nationwide. So for me to put a gun in my child's hand does not make sense to me, like under any circumstances. And so we got to do better as a parent because that's, you know, we just have to do better. And there was another set of uh, situations with children this week where a mother was in her home and a bunch of girls came to knock on the door for her daughter to come out. And she said, my daughter's not coming out. They wanted to fight her. And so she went outside because they said, if you're not going to let us in, we're, you know, we're, if you're not going to let her out, we're going to come in. And so when she went outside, these girls jumped this adult. Now I have no idea what level of shenanigans a 16 year olds have to be for you to jump an adult. Listen, I don't know what is going on because, again, this world is going straight to hell. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's just getting crazy around here. But I have always not, I, I don't know, I've always tried to be as respectful as I can. I'm not saying I was perfect because my, my parents taught me to speak up for myself, even if it was an adult. But speaking up for myself was never into the level of being disrespectful to the point where, like, I'm cussing out adults as a child. However, I just don't, I can't imagine as a kid, even when as a teenager, you know, these kids is built different. I don't know what's going on, but these kids are built completely different. For you to get out and beat up somebody's mom, y'all doing the most. Like, even if I got to that person's house to fight their daughter and that mom was, you know, talking crazy, that's crazy to me. And I actually experienced this on my own. Um, just with my, my oldest, I have a 13 year old daughter. Nobody came to the house. Let's be clear. None of, not to this extent, but just the disrespect level of some of these children, how much they're willing to say, they'll say anything, literally will say anything to an adult and don't care, literally will not care about the things that they're saying. And it's like no respect, whatever they want to say. And I dealt with that. And I was very much shocked at how very much, um, how kids are very much comfortable cussing out an adult. I've never seen anything to this extreme just to see how kids do it. And I've seen it in school with teachers and I never liked it then, but I can't imagine you putting your hands as a child on somebody's mom. Like this is crazy. But again, this is one of those moments where as parents, we have to do better. And as much as we are gonna say, well, you know, that's not our fault. Sometimes these kids are just doing whatever. I understand that because my kids haven't even scratched the surface of doing the most, right? They have not scratched the surface of doing the most, but I would hope and pray there's a level of respect that I've taught my children that I'm not getting a phone call about them jumping somebody's mama, right? I, I truly would hope that some my children are not going to start jumping people's moms or calling people a B and calling, and I'm sitting here saying B like I'm in mom mode, but I don't want my kids doing stuff like that. So I, I pray that the level of respect that I've taught them, you know, is going to stand. I say that to say this, we can't always do 
we can't always account for our children's actions. Again, the shooter in Texas, his mom, you know, as much as she would love to take the, the brunt of that, she can't because no matter what she does, there nobody, I won't say nobody, but it's going to be hard for people to forgive her and her son. Unfortunately, as a parent, whatever your child does, you, you, you get labeled, you get wrapped and you get jumped into that. And I don't mean that in any literal sense of the jumping of that mom of this week. I'm just saying that, you know, whatever our children do, that is on us. And I get that we know that parents can do all the things and teach our kids right and our kids can go astray. It's unfortunate, but it's a part of the parenting process. But I just pray that we find a way to teach our children, if you're not teaching your children some basic respect, that we do. And the reason why I have to say that is because it's not actually normal. Some people don't even understand that they have to teach their kids to respect other people. Like you have to teach them to respect all people. Respect all people. And then there's just certain levels that children should know that they're not able to cross. My kids can't be going up to people's homes, beating up their mamas, talking about, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Like, you know, there's some level of like, you should know better. And so I don't know what's going on, but we got to get our kids. We got to get our kids because again, as much as we put into them, and again, we know that some of them are going to do whatever they want to do and, and don't care about any repercussions. We just got to do better. We have to do better. So can we get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast? Have you ever heard yourself say or hear another person say things like, that's just how I am? I have heard this phrase a million and one times where people describe their bad behavior and say, oh, well, that's just how I am. And you just have to accept it or leave it. There is a difference between people wanting you to be something that you're not and the difference of then saying, well, oh, well, this is just who I am. Can we replace this is just who I am with I'm willing to work on something and I specifically say that because when someone brings up to you an attribute that you have had for a long time, just because you've had it for a long time don't mean that you need to keep it. It's like having a pair of shoes that you know you need to get rid of, but you'll say things like, well, these are my favorite pair and I just can't get rid of them. It's not that you can't, it's that you won't. And sometimes in our real lives, we have to be honest, an honest conversation with ourselves about where we are. We know that there are things about our personality. There are things that by the way we come off to people, the way that we handle things and the way that we carry ourselves that needs a tune up. And instead of saying, that's just how I am, thank the person for bringing the, the, the situation to you and say, I'm willing to work on that and actually put some thought process into actually working that out. For instance, when a couple years ago, in the midst of this postpartum depression that I was dealing with, which opened up the door for me to get the best mental health care that I could afford, my husband and I had a very real conversation about some of the attributes that remained after the initial hit of the postpartum. Because again, when you go through something as traumatic as having a child and your hormones and everything else change, you know, some things that remain may not always be the things that has to stay. And one of the things about my personality at the time was this negative thought process. If you would have said, okay, so the sun is out and I'm like, yeah, but in 15 minutes it's going to be cloudy. You know what I mean? Like this negative connotation, always seeing the dark side of everything couldn't find a way to smile about general things, always wanting to be combative, wanting to be argumentative. It was real. And so at one point we had a real conversation about that and we had it actual several times. Cause you know, sometimes if you're stubborn, like I am, I am a Taurus. I'm not saying all Taurus are stubborn. I'm just saying I'm a Taurus and being stubborn is a part of the attribute. But I will say that I didn't want to receive that because in my mind I was fine. Like, oh no, there's nothing wrong with me. I, this is just who I am. You know, well, oh well, well, you know, negative things happen. So it is what it is. Like, these are some phrases that we keep and we put in our vocabulary and we say so religiously, but we don't really take stock about somebody really just taking notice of some things. You know, everybody can't be telling the same lie. 
And so if you find yourself where multiple people are telling you about the same attribute, take some honest, take some, take an honesty pill, take an honesty pill, which just means think about what that may be revealing. It actually may be revealing something that you really should take a consideration and do the work. I had to do the work of always living in negative. And it's hard because sometimes life is hard and sometimes the reality of the of negativity is real and it's around us. And then it's sometimes things that you can't really get around. You can't kind of bypass it, but that doesn't mean it has to be a takeover legend. It doesn't have to overtake you to the point where you're so negative that nobody can have a conversation with you edgewise. And so even if it's not negativity, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just a part of something that you've done. Maybe you've been stuck in a rut. So you just continuously go on this journey and this path, whatever it is, when someone brings it to your attention, say, I will work on that. And then think about it so that you can start that process. And I get it. Everybody isn't going to be able to receive because, you know, people will tell you a thousand and one things and make you be something that you're not. But if whatever it is that they're pointing out to you is something that you don't have to keep, you know, you don't have to keep negativity. There's, you're not, there's nothing gaining from that. Let it go. And I know letting go is the hardest part of life. Letting go and just letting things happen or becoming and, and, and truly being in a true essence of who you are, it's hard, but you cannot hold on to everything. Some things need to go. If you've always been sour face your whole entire life, or as they like to call resting bitch face, ma'am, that's not something that you need to glorify. Maybe you need to work out on some things that's going on. And maybe you need to do some adjustments to things that you got have, you know, that's going on, that's making you like that because that's not a thing. That's not something that we need to keep. We're not gaining anything from being the way that we are, especially when the parts of us that do need work, that do need adjustment, that do need fixing needs to stop. You know, there's people when they get to a certain age, they'll tell you that this is, this is who I am. But if we're honest about that, I think people, when they do get older, they deserve to be who they truly are. And some people get to their older stage and they're just like, this is, this is me. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be doing all these different things. And I can't tell an older person how they should or shouldn't react. But what I will say, regardless of your age and your stage, sometimes when we put that into the atmosphere of like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. Don't get upset when people are leaving it, right? When people are leaving it, because listen, you might've been a friend that's a certain friend and type of conversation. This is just how you are allowed or whatever the case may be. Everybody don't have to take that. And as you get, as listen, as I have gotten older, there are some things, even with my friendships that are not okay for me anymore. I can't deal with certain attributes anymore. And I love my friends. Like, and I don't say that to be in, in a certain way because as I've gotten older, I, my desires, the things that I, that I hold on to have changed, hopefully for the good. That's the goal, right? To, to change for the good. But there are certain things that in my, my early twenties and teens uh, and friendships and love and relationships that I'm just not willing to, 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 to continue in. Certain things are not okay. And I say that because again, we're all in this journey trying to be better. I would hope. And sometimes in our journey to be better, we have to be willing to receive tough love and tough messages and tough love and tough messages. Doesn't mean rude. Doesn't mean bitter. Doesn't mean inconsideration of your feelings. You know, you can't just because you know something about someone or just because you feel like it's the right thing to say. Sometimes it's not always the right time. It's not the right season to say it. Sometimes it's not even in the, and in, in what you say also, it does matter how you say it. We teach children that, that they have to be mindful of what they're saying and how they're talking and what they're, how they're speaking to people. How y'all get grown and forget that lesson. You can't be so grown that that lesson doesn't apply. It does apply. It actually applies more as an adult than it would a child because at least a child is learning. Some of us is, 
over our 30s and our late 20s and our 40s and our 50s and 60s and above, and y'all still out here shoving out messages to people and you don't even have a consideration of people at all. Just because it's, it's the right thing to say, it may not be in the right timing. You ever hear, I, like I always say people to, even teaching my kids, like read the room. I tell them that all the time because sometimes they'll walk in, you know, as kids do, they walk in oblivious and they just, you know, say things and kind of bop off, you know, and I'm trying to teach them to read the room. Sometimes you have to adjust because stuff don't be needing to happen at the moment that you're trying to make it happen. It's almost like, you know, if you have your friend and her husband cheated on her and you might've told that friend 20 times that you thought that that friend needed to leave that husband read the room instead of saying, see, I told you he wasn't no good. I told you he should have done. I told you you should have been left him. Your friend is hurting regardless if she's known. She's probably known from day one without you having to tell her, but learn to read the room just because it is right. You did tell that person that they should leave that person. And yes, he did cheat. And I'm sure you have had conversations with your friend that they should leave but learn to read the room and adjust the fact that it don't need to be said. And it definitely does not need to be said right now because people are in pain. People do suffer, whether they suffer from their own consequences or lack of, you know, them reading their own room and the room could be just reading their own lives and recognizing the things that needed to be adjusted. You don't have to come in there with, and, and, and put the nail on the coffin and, and, and slam it. You don't have to do that. We got to learn to read the room. We got to learn to read the room of our own lives and be honest about some of the things that we justify as that being who we are. Don't mean that that part of who we are is right. Just because you've been wrong a long time don't mean that wrong is right. And I feel like that's how we sometimes come off. Well, that's just how I am. Who going to check me, boo? You need to check you. You need to check your words, your behaviors, your mannerisms, and be honest with yourself. You know, you don't even like that part about you. You recognize it. You see it every time you say or do something and people's faces looking at you like you crazy because not that you're crazy, but you're off and you need to accept that the way that you do things just because you've done it that your whole life that way, you could go your whole life finding out that something that you have thought was right. The way that you've uh, approached something might've felt right at the moment, but actually could be wrong. And the best person to check you should be you because once it becomes a friend having to check you again, your, your ego is not going to, maybe most for the most part, isn't going to receive it, but we know ourselves or we should, and that's the whole process of learning yourself. You know, when you're off, you know, when you're not right. And you know, when you need to get it together and do better, nobody is above a do better. My husband said that I've, he's been saying that for years and it, it is the truth. Nobody is above a do better. We all have something in our lives that we have to get it right. We have to change. And the excuse of this is who I am, please move that out of your life and say, I will work on that and then work on that. Why be wrong your entire life? It reminds me of a woman that I know. I won't say where I know her from, but it's a huge part of my life. And she was the most angriest she was rude to just about everybody. How she talked was rough, was never nice, was never sweet, was never welcoming, just really, 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 really mean. And she lived her entire life. She's, she's still here, so she's living her entire life that way. As she got older, now she was already older because I was a kid when I encountered her. And as she was already older and she began to continue to get older, she still was this way. Well, she put herself in a very tight predicament where her children didn't want to be around her because they got tired. And the people that were in our inner circles kind of like, you know, dropped off. Like people just don't have the capacity for that type of behavior. Now, granted, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Oh, well, I don't care. I only need but five friends, 
But the reality of it is, if you're honest with yourself, you don't need a lot of friends. You're 100% about that. You don't need a lot of people in your entourage. You need very limited people in your entourage. But it's not about having numbers. It's about the fact that the justification of, I have a few good friends, is beautiful that you have amazing friends, right? But if you can't be around people in general because your attitude, your disposition, the things that you say and that you do is off in a real way, that's not a flex. That's not a flex. Because reality is that you're saying is if you didn't have these friends who tolerated your bad behavior, you would then be friendless. And let's keep it real. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. I have a few friends who tolerate my bad behavior because if you were honest and they were honest, they could call it out just as much as they could call me out. We have to do better. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to do better. Listen, as more and more people go to therapy and they realize that some of the things that like for me, I'll use myself. Let me not talk about other people. Let me just talk about me because I can talk about me very well. When it comes to the things that I have learned in therapy, I've learned that the, the techniques that was used as a kid are not okay. Like silent treatments and all those types of things. None of those things are okay. They're actually quite wrong, right? And the same thing happens when you are encountering your friends. Some of the things that, they, that my friends have said or do say, or I hear them saying, or I hear myself saying, when you go to therapy and you do these different things, you realize how often wrong that they are. You don't, I'm a little bit more cringeworthy of it now. Meaning I have friends, I have family, I have myself that, you know, when you still do certain things, you still react certain ways, you just, you know, you're still doing. I find myself retreating from those things. So if it's a person or people in my life, friends specifically, or my husband that they do certain, or he does certain things, whatever the case may be, when I hear it, I don't necessarily call it out because again, reading the room doesn't mean you have to call it out, but I'm aware of it. And then if it's a pattern, it makes me want to pull back. It makes me want to pull back because I don't want to be in, I don't always want to be in an environment where I know that the negativity is going to be strong. Now, isn't that something crazy how negative I was and now I can't deal with negativity, but that's how it should be. You should be healing yourself to the point where you're not willing to be around the same place that you were in. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not as understanding of other people in that position, because I honestly believe that I do realize that people are in the same position that I was once in, right? So I'm not telling you to be like, okay, I don't want to be around this. So now I'm, I got to cut every little thing off. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, is that we have to be honest about the fact that when we hear something, we see something and we're aware that it's wrong. We may need to adjust relationships. Friendships get and will adjust as we get older because you know more, you know better. You don't operate from a place of, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to, you know, go here and do that. Like I was probably the most hot mess person in my twenties, but I can't operate from the same place that I was in my twenties at 40 or I should say 41, but you know, who's counting? We have to stand accountable. We have to be more accountable about our own personal actions. We cannot continue to browbeat our friends, browbeat our family members, browbeat our spouses for parts of us that we know we have not gotten right. And if your spouse or your children or those closest to you are pointing out things that you know for sure is not you need to work on, work on it actively find a way to work on it. And again, I'm not suggesting that working on it is going to be easy. It's not. It wasn't supposed to be. Sorry. It just wasn't supposed to be at all. Life is about hard decisions and choices. And sometimes we will find ourselves in situations where, again, we have to make a real call of action in our own lives. You know, with social media and being a content creator, one of the things you have to always do is you always have to be have, you have to have a clear call to action or CTA. What's your call to action for your life? What is your personal call to action on some of those very areas that you know need improvement? Because whatever that call to action is, I need you to repeat it to yourself every time you get up. 
because you got to be moving. You can't say, oh, I know I need to change that. We say that sometimes too. I know I need to work on that girl. Oh my gosh, girl, thank you. I know I need to do better. But what's your call to action? Because remember, I said call to action, not call to thought. What is your call to action? What are you willing to do every single day to do better in your the way that you move? What are you willing to do every day or as necessary, as needful, and sometimes it may be every day? What is your call to action for your life for those areas that are being called out? Because you can't keep getting called out, ignore it. Or if you do, you can't get mad for other people removing themselves from that. Like there are friends that I cannot have conversations with on a regular basis because I know where they're coming from. And as much as I will give them the benefit of doubt that I may not have been given in my life, that doesn't mean that I have to subject myself to it every single time. So I'm very picky about the things, especially when I know that that person or persons are going to come with some, with, with some junk. It's not, you can't stop, always stop people from calling and, you know, you can go through the whole changing your number and do all these other things. But in reality, it's not, you can't change who calls, but you can change if you answer, right? I can, I can control if I answer. I don't always have to stop that person from having, you know, you can't always fully stop people from having access to you all the time because it may not even be beneficial. It may not even work out for you in that, in that regards, but you got to consider what your call to action is because there is a call to action. Sometimes we ignore that call to action. We know what we should do, but we don't do it. When I was trying to get healthier, I knew that my call to action was going to have to remove dairy and things from my life. I knew that from the gate. It took me a while to get there, but I knew I was going to have to do it. So my call to action when I began this, this, this wellness journey for me a couple years ago was putting into parameters by not buying certain foods and bringing it into my home for myself. And that call to action was bringing in the foods that I needed to so that I can be successful in my journey. That was my call to action. When it became or came down to my mental health, my call to action was that I needed to make sure that I saw my therapist. I think in the beginning, I saw my therapist maybe once a week, and then we started to tailor it down once, you know, we got through certain pathways. But my call to action was to make sure that unless my kids were in the hospital or an emergency that was straight up an emergency for sure, that my call to action was to honor myself by attending those therapy sessions so that I become better. My call to action at some point was to get up on Sundays and run with my running group. That was a call to action because again, that was a part of me doing something that was about movement and getting me to a better place. You need to determine what your call to action is. Stop holding on to that's just how I am. Listen, how you are is not acceptable. It may not be acceptable for most people. And as much as you want to get mad for people bringing it up, the reality of it is, is that you need to work on it so that it can't be brought up. And I get it. Sometimes you'll make these big changes and the people who don't fully get to see you walk in your newness of life may still see you as whatever they may see you as. I have family that maybe listen to this podcast know for sure that they have not encountered me in these last few years and they may still see me as that messy 20 year old. There's nothing I can do about that, but show up and my call to action is to continue going and continue to grow. Because when you're growing for yourself, you're not growing so that there's a crowd that can high five you and they can say, yes, I see that you're growing. Sometimes your call to action is to continue moving towards positivity regardless if people see it or acknowledge it. But you have to have some sort of call to action. What are you willing to do? And what are you, what are you not willing to do? Because sometimes in that not willing to do, it reveals that we really should do it. And so you may do it and not really enjoy it, but eventually it'll be for your good. I didn't want to cut out meat from my diet originally, right? I didn't wake up and decide like, you know, I've been wanting to be vegan my whole life. That's not how this works. I decided to do that because my health needed it. And that's, I had to do my call to action and it wasn't easy, right? It's not. 
but my call to action is doing what's best for me, even as sometimes when I don't feel like it. Being in a situation where like for me as a mother, my call to action is to listen to my children. Sometimes I don't always have to have the answers and listening to them and hearing their perspective and then us having a conversation and working out a solution. That's a call to action that I placed for myself. You may not parent that way. You may be my way or the highway. God bless. But my call to action is to find a way to listen to my children and actually be an active listener to what they may need. And that also comes with adjusting, adjusting my style of parenting sometimes. But whatever your call of action is, take a thought process. You could be working out right now, listening to this podcast. You could be at work, you know, trying to get through the day. You still have to resonate with what is my call to action? What it, what do I need to do in whatever area that I'm struggling that I know I need to do and I may not want to do, but I got to do so that I can be on the other side of the, of what's best for me. So whatever your call to action is, put that in your mind, put that in your thought process. If you need to write your call to action down, I would definitely encourage you to do it because sometimes seeing the words will help you to kind of like make it real. Make a plan for how you plan to get better. And if you say to me, oh, I don't know, that's okay too. Here's my call to action. This is what I know I need to do. I'm not sure what I need to do to get there. And what I could do is either research it, ask someone, who I trust that will give me the truth and the, and not try to tear me down in the moment. Again, I can't stress enough reading the room. You don't always have to say something, even if you're 1000% correct. We've got to find a way to do better on that. Today's drink of the day is a black berry sangria. I don't know about you, but I truly love a good sangria. I can't tell you as to, I don't know why I just do like sangrias is one of those things that in my personal opinion, it's the mixture of the wine. It's the mixture of like, especially when you're talking about really certain sangrias, like a, a blackberry sangria is going to have that red wine in it. So I love a good, bold, dry red wine mixed in with the fruits, all of the things. And of course, obviously you're going to need blackberry, but I'm going to link the recipe into today's podcast notes, but today's drink is a blackberry sangria. So if you like blackberry and you love sangria, consider making a blackberry sangria because again, that, that good juicy red wine and a mix of fruit and some other, like you're going to fall in love with it. You will. And that is our drink of the day. So we are getting into the summer months. We are going to make sure that our podcasts are ready for you because again, we want you to take us along with you on your road trips. We want you to take us along with you as you're working out or you're out doing the things. I personally listen to podcasts while I'm folding clothes or while I'm cooking dinner. You know, it's pretty much very much convenient. We want to take conversations with Toy everywhere that you go. So let somebody else know about this episode or any of the other episodes because I'm so sorry. I didn't even give you my greeting. And if this is your first time joining us. This is your first time. I completely understand. This was not by accident. This particular episode was not by accident. If this was your first time, this was something you probably needed. And make yourself a, a, a member of our community by listening to the podcast, subscribing so that you never, 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 never miss an episode again. There are six seasons, almost a hundred podcasts that you can listen to and have something for everybody, whether you're dating, whether you're single, not necessarily caring about dating, um, whether you're divorced, whether you're married, whatever your status is, whatever your lifestyle is, there's something for everybody. So go ahead and listen to other episodes of the podcast and we will be back next week with another episode, um, working on some other guests so that we can build up our little summer uh, guests and have that going. And we will be back and I can't wait for you to just continue to grow with us. I love, I say us, but it's just me, uh, grow with me. I, I absolutely love this forum, being able to speak and help somebody listening because sometimes when you listen and you hear somebody say something that you like, you know, I know that's right. It's, 
it's like a confirmation, right? And even if your week was like by far the worst week ever, sometimes when you listen to a podcast, especially when it's like one of your favorites, you're just like, yes, this girl always gets it. And I hope to some extent that that is for you. We are always going to cover self-care. We're always going to cover mental health in any of our podcasts because it's important for you to see and make mental health a part of your everyday life because that is what it is. Mental health, the way we think about our minds and the way our minds think, they are a part of who we are. And that part of ourselves does structure the other parts of our lives. It really does. So your mind can be the the part of you that pushes you to the greatest level. And it also can push you to your greatest level the opposite way as well. So I want you to have an amazing weekend. It's getting a little warmer these days. I have some amazing trips coming up again because that's just what life is doing. We're just out here enjoying our lives, being safe. Don't, don't get it twisted. Still being safe. I still test myself before and after all the things, mask, all those things. So have a good weekend. We will be back next week. I can't wait to share some of the greatest things that we're doing these next couple of weeks. And I hope you have an amazing weekend. Enjoy their Friday. Grab your donut because remember it is National Donut Day. So grab that good donut and we will see you next week. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.